Welcome to the DNA Show. DNA? Dude, are we doing a science show? No, D is for Dennis. Oh, A is for Andy. And N is for and? Oh, man, nerds. Because we're nerds, dude. Yeah. Well, good. Then we can talk about comics and movies and pop culture and sports. Sports. Sports and nerds. Yeah, we're going to make that work. All right, let's roll. May the force be with you. The space force, that is. Well, Andy, guess what we're talking about today? Space force on Netflix, that is. The Netflix comedy dropped uh, Friday, May 29th. Ten episodes, about 30, 35 minutes each. Uh, It is, I thought it was hysterical. Yeah, you know. I, 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 out of the gate, we'll go with our ratings. I'll give it a, uh, I'll go an eight and on our CGC grading scale. I'll go eight. Eight, eight point oh. I, I'm going to go seven point oh. And okay. I really enjoyed it. There's a few things I wish we could do different, but it was a really decent first season. The cool yeah. thing is, just so everybody knows, it's only ten episodes long. And each episode's about a half hour. Yeah. So it's like a regular sitcom, so it's really it's really not that much to watch. No, and it's you know, for a first season, and we'll get into some of the details and stuff, but for a first season, I was you know, when I first started watching it, I was I was kinda curious to see where it would go. Because I'm like, well, what type of cliffhanger? Because they've gotta have a cliffhanger. Uh, just in case there's a season two, which after watching this there's got to be a season two. Has to be. Um, and you're just kind of like, well, because, you know, Trump announced doing the whole Space Force new part of the military and not much is known. So you're kind of like, well, where are they going to go with it? So it's kind of neat to see the prediction that they went with. And, you know, Steve Carell, known for The Office, is one of the creators, along with Greg Daniels. They're the creators of it. And um, Steve Carell plays General Mark Nard. <laughs> Mark R. Nard. Uh-huh. Um, basically, in the first episode, he he's a three-star general that gets promoted up to four-star. And he assumes now he's taken over as the top Air Force uh, general. Correct? Right. So he's kind of the runt of the litter, so to speak. And you yeah. can tell the other generals kind of pick at him. Right. And he finally thinks, hey, I'm getting my promotion. I've got my due. That's he's right. walking around with the strut. He tells off the Air Force um, uh, <laughs> the, the four-star. One, which is, uh, oh, I'm, I'm looking for the actor's name. Noah Emmerich is a... He plays and, General Kick. Yeah, he plays General <laughs> General Kick Grabiston. Yes, and what he um, calls him Kick. And he's the existing, you know, head of the Air Force, four-star general. Steve Carell assumes he's going to take over the spot because General Kick is going to retire. So they yeah, have. A, well, he said, "Now you'll be retiring." That's right. Oh so they, yeah. They have a few choice words going into the uh, operations room with the Secretary of Defense and all the other heads of the military. So, and, and here's where it gets really good. So, imagine, imagine this. Well, a little bit of background first. 
So just so everybody knows, the reason why this show's been kind of fun is it took a lot of flack when they announced to Space Force. Now understand, Space Force has been a real entity since the 80s. It was just a part of, you know, the Air Force. So all of the things that they're talking about have been in existence, but when when currently in real life they designate it now its own separate branch of military, therefore they decided, well, obviously we're going to have to make a a comedy based on this new right. branch. And you've got to have every branch has their commander and general, so this obviously does, and it's great because the Secretary of Defense, played by. Uh, what's that guy's name that plays the Secretary of Defense? He was just on a show I watched on um, uh, CBS that got canceled. Oh, Dan. Oh, no, that's not. Is it Dan? Mm-mm. No, that's not him. No. Well, you've got. Okay, so they walk. Oh, in. it is. Yeah, it's Dan Beckendahl plays. He plays the Secretary of Defense. Oh, he played John. Yeah. John. Yeah. Yeah. Sucked up. And so they go into the, the meeting room with him. Jane Lynch, <laughs> who's, who's everybody knows Jane Lynch, and she plays Jane Lynch as the commander of the Navy, and she's perfect. You got Patrick Warburton, the commander of the Marines, and who's also perfect. perfect. I mean, they did, it's just perfect. They've got um, uh, Dietrich Bader, who is the army, he's army, he's, he's the army. army. And then, last but not least, from According to Jim, I love this guy. Larry Joe Campbell. Larry Joe Campbell, commander of the Coast Guard. (laughs) And it's so funny because the Coast Guard's always the brunt of the jokes. And you thought, well, maybe that won't be the case in this show. Wrong. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, Jane Lynch calls him a pussy. Yes. He goes, oh, well, wait a minute. If Space Force is new, then the Coast Guard won't be... At the bottom. Wrong. You're still a pussy. (laughs) Coming from Jane Lynch. Like, that's a funny line. And if Patrick Warburton said it, or Dietrich Bader, it still would have been funny. But Jane Lynch throwing throwing the shade his way was awesome. And it's funny because when the sec dev is like, so the commander-in-chief has decided to create a new branch, the Space Force. The camera cuts the corral, and this is all in the trailer. Cuts the corral, who like just puts his head down and chuckles, and then it, it cuts back to Sekdev gone, and he wants you to lead it up. And Steve Crow's just like, huh, what? But, but under his breath, he's like, boy, I feel sorry for that schlub, whoever has to do that. <laughs> and of course, it's him. And he's like, what? <laughs> and Steve Crow's wife. Is played by Lisa Kudrow. Which we all know from Friends and love oh, yeah. her as Phoebe and she totally. plays Phoebe. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. She's 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 playing Phoebe. And um she's just once again she, she's just awesome. Even though she's playing a character we've seen her play before, it's fantastic. But they're they're so excited because Before he finds out about Space Force, he's talking to her and he assumes they're going to be living in a swanky place in D.C. And she's so excited. Her and her daughter are already figuring out where they're going to live and where they're shopping. And And that night, he basically (laughs) says, 
well, it's not D.C. It's going to be Colorado. Like she four just, horses, Colorado. <laughs> she just puts her face in her hands and, and rolls over in bed and just starts crying. <laughs> the Phoebe cry from Lex Friends. <laughs> Which is funny to me because honestly, I'm like, I don't know. I mean, it's not Denver, but it's still Colorado, man. I'd be kind of excited to go to Colorado. Yeah. When, well, when, you know, as a job transfer and stuff, when military It's dock, beautiful out there. Yeah, it's gorgeous. But it's not D.C. according to them. No, it's not. It's not the the, the elite of D.C. So the, the first episode, the premise is he gets tasked to take this up. Yeah. He's got the, the prez. Yeah, so it's POTUS. So they name him as it's POTUS. It's POTUS. POTUS. Yeah, yeah. POTUS wants to be on the moon in four years. <laughs> Boots on the ground in four years. So that's what it is. So they have to get satellites launched up in there. So his very first task is to um, launch a satellite into space. Even though the scientist, who's the, by the way, the lead scientist, scientist is the best, John Malkovich. Oh my God, Dennis. John Mal- <laughs> seeing John Malkovich and one do anything is phenomenal because he's John Malkovich. He's, he's one of those actors that you just go, John Malkovich, and everybody goes, oh yeah, yeah. John Malkovich. And they just start salivating because you're like, I can't He can play anything. Yet. Yeah, like... Steve Carell created this show and stars in it, but I tell you what, John Malkovich just steals the show. Yes. He is phenomenal. He is very uh, downplayed in the show. The The cracks that he gets in are just, like, so dry. It's ve- His humor is very dry. He, he's your straight man. Yeah. He really is but your he still straight gets man. The cracks in. But he does, and his embarrassments, which we'll get into much later. <laughs> it is, he is just a perfect, so he's the head of the science team um, that, that has to go forward and get all this technology up to speed and he leads a team and Jimmy O. Yang is the, his sec, his second basically. His second. Um, uh, who he plays called Dr. Chang and we know him from like Silicon Valley and stuff like that. He's a stand up, uh, uh, comedic in real life and very funny. I thought he was very well cast for this and because he looks Chinese and I'm doing the air quotes. Right. Therefore, he's always under suspicion right. from being a double agent. Well, the, the thing, too, is when you think about... So, you've got John Malkovich and uh, uh, what's his what's Yang's character in the show? Dr. Chan. Dr. Chan. Kaifang. Um, so, John Malkovich's character and Jimmy Yang's character, they're both really the straight men. And then you've got Steve Carell, who... You know, you kind of look at it. He He's... He's playing a little bit of Michael Scott from The Office. Not 100%, I don't think. No, I would say a little. But there's definitely a little bit in there with, like, how he gives orders and how he just says stuff that you just... It just literally makes no sense to anybody. He's kind of like Evan Almighty meets... meets uh, uh, from the office who winds up meeting 40 year old virgin you know it's kind of like his characters all melded into one right. but in a in a position of authority where he has to make these decisions <laughs> and he does a really good job of, of playing it well and then his second in command since we <laughs> talked about Malkovich's uh, Dennis, his second command is played by Don Lake, and his name is Brad Gregory. And Brad is a one-star general who is his lackey. Who is his 
secretary. Yes. I mean, that's what he is. He's his secretary. When Steve goes into his office, this one-star general has a, you know, he's his secretary. It's like, who's in my office? Did I get any calls? I want this for lunch. You know, which I would think, I would like to think, I'm not a military expert, never served, but I would like to think one-star generals have a little more job qualifications than being somebody, a four-star general secretary. Which is what we're trying to figure out through the entire series. Why is he in this position? Right. But then he's bad at his job because oh, awful. then, he, you know, he, Steve Carell walks into his office and he gets into his office and there's somebody sitting in his chair and then Brad goes, oh, by the way, so-and-so's in your office. He told me not to tell you. Thanks, Brad. Literally, this is a running gag throughout oh, yeah. the entire series. He's the worst secretary ever. Well, and it's, <laughs> it's, it's it, it would have been funny enough if it was like the first time it was John Malkovich's character waiting in, in uh, Steve Carell's office. And it would have been funny enough if it was always just him. But then it was this character played by Ben Schwartz, whose name in the show is F. Tony Scarapaducci. So there will be a little swearing in here, and we can help it because he is a ripoff of Anthony Scaramucci. Scaramucci. The Mooch. But he's in charge of like all the PR stuff, and his name on there throughout the entire show because his name is F. Tony, and it's, well, get fuck Tony over here. You're right. Literally, <laughs> F, fuck Tony, everything throughout the whole show. So That's you can't, sorry, there's going to be a little swearing just, just because of his name. Fuck Tony. <laughs> And yeah, and he's from Parks and Rec. Yeah, he, he's from Parks he's, and Rec. He's awesome. He literally plays the exact same character from Parks and Rec, which was again perfect he's a little for toned this. down in Parks right. and Rec. He was almost yelling all the time. Yes. Right? So in this, take down the yelling to a to a normal volume, but he's always just you know hyper about stuff. He's the PR guy, right? You know his does, PR ideas. Does great. Aren't the best, but he does he does great. Um, Lots of spoilers in this, so we're, yeah. we're we're telling it to you. So if you want to listen to us after, if you haven't seen it, if not, we won't spoil everything. But you're going to want to watch it even after hearing everything. The another main character in it is an actress named Tawny Newsom, who plays Captain Angela Ali, who is the first. Uh, well, she's the pilot. For basically Steve Carell, for the helo. For, for the helicopter, yep. yeah. For the helicopter. She's his personal pilot and stuff. Uh, Lisa Kudrow, like I said, plays Steve Carell's wife, who went once. So the other thing, too, is when, after he gets the promotion to a four-star general and told he's leading up Space Force, it's about, uh, I'd say, a six- to eight-month gap when they cut over to him being in Colorado at, Space Force's headquarters. Yep. Because you find out Steve Prowl's wife <laughs> is in jail. <laughs> She's in federal prison. But she wasn't at the beginning. But she wasn't at the beginning. And they, they allude to her being there for six months already. So you know there's this big gap of time because she's been in there for six months. She did something to go to jail, which they never allude to. And the time frame changes, which is really funny throughout it. I'm in here for 40 years, then it becomes 40 to 60 years. Right. So whatever she did, which they never mentioned, Andy texted me afterwards. Did, she, did I miss it? Did they ever say right. what she did? Nope. 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 But he has to go there for conjugal visits. 
Exactly. So it starts off, they got to get a rocket ship into a satellite, uh, a satellite up yeah. into the air. And um, all of the head of uh, basically Congress, they got members of Congress coming to look. And they're like, Three we, we need this to go off. So it's got to go off with the, uh, without a hitch or we don't get our funding. We need our funding. And, of course, they have one lady is basically a ripoff of AOC. Yeah. One of them's Nancy Pelosi. It's just really funny. And you, you listening to them talk. And he goes, we got to launch. And, of course, John Malkovich's like, mm, we can't. We got to scrub it. Yep. He yeah. goes, for what? There's too much humidity in the air. Plus, whatever the girl's name is, she has to go out in a 600-yard radius and and, and collect the all the lizards so that they don't get injured, you know, during <laughs> launch. <laughs> it's one, pers- one, lady. one person's job to go out and collect all the little lizards and stuff so they don't get injured during the launch. So Malkovich is... Man, he is so against it. He's like, we can't do it because the humidity levels, blah, blah, blah. So then they're like, what, what can we put up there? Right. So they decide to try to do something up. A yellow jacket. A yellow jacket. Which is which is a missile basically. Yeah. It's like a big rocket. So they go they go to test launch this thing. <laughs> because they've got a few of them. So they so Steve's idea is Steve Carl's idea is basically all right, well let's let's see if we can get one up before they get here and if we can we'll just do another one right show do you have extra yeah we got it yeah, okay got all right we're good so so he goes to launch it or they go into the bunker and you know it's the concrete bunker with the little sliver of glass so they can watch and you know they're safe distance away blah 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 and uh the thing just blows up on a launch pad boom <laughs> fire everything parts flying and he's well. like Corral's like he looks at he looks at his uh, another one of the commanders Blum. He's like, oh, "How much did that cost us?" <laughs> and the dude's like, four. And Carl's like, "Billion?" And the guy's like, "No, middle schools. Middle schools. That, that could have paid for four middle schools." <laughs> Which is less than four billion, I'd have to say. Right. It was so, just classic though. That, that's how he framed it. <laughs> so they have to launch the satellite. He goes, Well, we have to. Well, we can't. So they wind up lining up, literally lining up the all the scientists, too. and they're like, All right, give me some reasons why. Humidity's too high, this won't work, it'll explode, blah, 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 blah. Everybody's got it. And he goes, All right, does anybody here agree with me? Some guy from all the way in the back, he's he's like he's just like he's an electrician. Yeah, he's like, oh yeah, I think we can launch. And, and who who is this? So you're saying all of the scientists say no, but Bob the electrician or whatever his name is says yeah. So it's him and I. We'll vote. <laughs> and they realize, okay, we can't do it. Well then, um, basically. They're all leaving, all the members of Congress, because without it, we're done. We're out of here. You're not yep. getting your funding. We're launching. So they wind up launching it against the scientists' predictions. And Chan was standing there with his umbrella arguing, you know, we can't do it with his umbrella. And it's in the middle of a desert. They launch. Loose guys. Yep. Loose they, guys. they have to launch the rocket. They do. And everybody's putting their heads down. But it works. Oh, yeah. And it was a great ending because you could see their friendship almost kind of forming. Yeah. And, and Malkovich, like, I, I can't believe it. Why would you launch it when you full well know? And he goes, well, scientists aren't known for their risk taking. Right. And he's like, what? He goes, well, Chan was holding an umbrella. 
There's two clouds in the entire sky. He was worried about rain. You're averse to risk taking. Sometimes in order to do the important stuff, we need to take risks. Yeah. And Malkovich was like, huh, that's really an interesting sight on the human psyche. Yeah. And then you're like, wow, Carell's not completely inept. That was that was really, that, that scene really stood out to me through all 10 episodes. It's just a nice bonding scene between him and Malkovich's character. Yep. Because they were pretty much buttonheads the whole way. You know, Malkovich is the head scientist, so he was looking down on Carell's just a dumb dumb general that only knows one thing and bombs. combat and bombs. <laughs> yeah. Combat and bombs. And, and you know, Carell did have that... Carell's character had that, uh, that subtle insight because it was weird, you know, when they're all lined up outside and Carell's asking the scientists, does anybody disagree? And, you know, the second scientist, Chan, holds up his umbrella, you know, just in a nonchalant way, kind of gesturing with it and stuff, that Carell picks up on that and then picks up on looking around like, there's literally no clouds, in, like two puffy little clouds in the sky, not storm clouds, you know? Um, I will say the ending of the episode one set, which has made me want to watch the rest of it. So this is the funniest part in like the entire first five episodes. The satellites up there, you see it. Everybody's happy. All of a sudden they're like, we've got something on radar. (laughs) All of a sudden you see a much bigger satellite coming up right next to it. And it's a Chinese satellite, (laughs) huge (laughs) Chinese satellite. And they're like, what is that? That's like a bigger version of ours. What? And all of a sudden, all you see is it's like literally scissors. like a pair of scissors coming out, like remote controlled scissors from the, uh, like the space shuttle arm. And it walks up to the solar panels, clip, clip, and cuts off the two solar panels of ours and then moves off. So our satellite's in effect dead in space. And yeah. that's how it ends. Well, no. <laughs> what it end, Doesn't it end with... Corral going, mother. Yes, and that then it is. Cuts off. Or yes, cuts them off. And then, and then it, it picks up, picks up right, right there. there. They go, motherfucker. They're like, what? How did they do that? Well, now we've got it stuck. So now they're the they entire episode two the is they have to fix it. We've got no other rockets right now that can go up. There's nobody from the ISS that can walk far enough because it's so far away right. from the ISS. They've got nothing. However. They they have a other experiment that's up there that's led by a chimpanzee and a dog. And, a dog. <laughs> and, a dog. and they show the chimp and the dog like the chimp's playing fetch with the dog in yep. the in the in the capsule. capsule. <laughs> and you know, zero gravity. And it's just oh, the stuff with the chimp yes. is just the best. So they have to communicate with the chimp via sign language and he can do basic concepts as long as they see it. He's got like a little laser on his helmet that points and if when it points at something like if you want to use a wrench then it'll point at the wrench and they'll make a a gesture and he'll know to use it. Well that still doesn't mean he knows how to bolt anything on or weld anything or tighten anything but that's their best hope of trying to get the solar panels back on and it's great. Needless to say, it winds up being, they're like, oh my gosh, he can do it. It winds up being a really fun episode. Do you remember what Malkovich's idea was? The head scientist idea? Well, okay, so they were brainstorming, and they were, one of the thoughts was, 
that they were able to use a little bit of the cold fuel that was on there and move the satellite closer into basically the two solar panels. Oh, wow. But they didn't know how it would work. So the, all the different scientists had their theories that they were working on. And of course, it was Steve Carell's idea to use the chimp and the dog. And of course, he's the head guy. They go with his, even though it had the least chance of working. And they had a six hour window. So this right. whole half hour episode takes place in like six hours. Yes. Um, it, it ends well from the standpoint of it's funny, the poor chimp. <laughs> The chimp doesn't make it. It's hilarious. Well, I w- he doesn't die. You know, that we see. That, yeah, well, okay. Well, they literally say he's on a trajectory towards the sun in X number of hours. Yeah, but what happens after that? Well, well, they wound up... Uh, well, they, they cut off to go into the dog. because no. they were, They were going to send the, the chimp, dog in. The chimp... Spoiler alert. The chimp gets picked up. By the Chinese. Oh, that's right. The Chinese satellite. Because the, because the chimp, after doing his job, there something happens. So no spoiler there. But basically, his tether gets cut. Yes. And he just goes floating off in a trajectory towards the sun. Yes. So, I mean, you know, he'll be long dead before he got to the sun regardless because he'll run out of oxygen and stuff in his spacesuit. But... Basically, and everybody, this was this is what killed me. Everybody's feeling so bad for the chimp. Oh my god, we've got to. When can we get a crew up there to save him? We leave no man behind in space force, or no chimp, or no chimp. And then you find out the chimp ate the dog, and everybody's like, "Fuck that chimp! <laughs> How do you eat a dog?" They're like what? So they take a picture. They turn on the camera inside. They're like, "Well, we got to use the dog now." The and dog. all you see is the dog's tail floating, and they're like. Oh my god, he ate the dog. Bad chimp. Bad, Bad chimp. <laughs> so then the but then the big the big uh uh Chinese station cuz it's not a satellite really. Right. It comes a- floating in and the bay door opens and they grab the chimp. Yeah, and that's that's what you see. <laughs> and that's it. So we, we So there's another little leftover that can go into uh season 2. And I tell you another thing and this isn't spoilers with the show they need in season two if they don't have the individual commanders have more of a presence in season two it'll be such a waste of their talent because jane lynch uh jane lynch patrick warburton dietrich bader uh uh noah emmerich and uh, Coast Guard guy there, going blank. What's his name again? Uh, Jim something. The actor's name. Got him blanking because he was my favorite character. And according to Jim years ago, he played the brother-in-law. Anyhow, it doesn't matter. If they're not in season two more, then that is just a waste of their talent. Oh, Larry Joe Campbell. If those guys, those actors need to be in season two featured a lot more because they were basically, the only time you saw them is when they were in the SecDev room, Secretary of Defense's, you know, main, not his office, but like, uh, are they the Joint Chiefs? Yeah. The Joint Chiefs were always just in their one meeting room, basically, except for Noah Emmerich, who went and actually visited uh, Space Force towards the end of the season. In Colorado, but they really got to feature those guys more because yeah, they're they, just incredible. They did a good job in terms of keeping it on, so the story continues. So all right, they've got a satellite up. 
They know they got to get to the moon. But so they've got four years. They're working. They have four years yeah. in their mind. They've got four years. So they're working on the lunar habitat. So they have to figure out lunar habitat. So they, they do it where there's a group group. Um, they grow potatoes in basically the space <laughs> environment. You know, it's that space environment where basically they go, okay, we need four volunteers. We And there's, you know, four people that are specialists. And one of them is a sculptor because they got to always have the creative person in yep. there. And then the other three is like, you know, a botanist, uh, another type of scientist, another type of scientist. And basically, just like the Matt Damon movie on Mars, all they can do is basically grow potatoes because it's the easiest thing. So they're growing all of these potatoes. And it's it's like 45 minutes away from wherever Space Force is located in Colorado. Yeah, it's in the middle of a desert. Yeah, in the middle of a desert. And, you know, if they ever were to walk outside, they have to put their spacesuits on because they have to act like they're on the moon. Right. So it winds up being really cool. So they're, they're, you see them taking baby steps. All right, we've got to do it. So then the next episode, they wind up going on there. There's a, um, it's between what Lockheed and like Raylon. They've oh, got, wait, hold on though. Let's backtrack. Let's not skim over the, the, uh, habitat in the desert that's okay. supposed to replicate the moon because one of the four basically flames out. And has to be replaced. Yep. Because they're there for two years. And they're coming up on the last two weeks. Or the last week. Yeah, there is, uh, it's the last week or two. And that's a, when it's Steve Carell joins them. Two, and the, one of the participants just freaks out and can't do it anymore. But to make it a successful two-year thing, they have to replace them. Well, they don't have time to recruit somebody else and do the vetting process you know, to make sure somebody's mentally stable enough, even though now it's only, you know, seven days left. So Steve Carell says, I can do it. I'm a military man. I've been through the harshest I'm of made of iron. I'm made of iron. Send me in. And they're like, all right, fine. So they send him in and <laughs> won't give it all away. He does crack a little bit under the pressure just within the first day or two that he's in there. And everybody hates him because he's a military man. Yes. So anyhow, I didn't want to gloss over that because that that was basically an, a whole episode to itself as well. Yeah. So then we get to the next episode. Exoskeletons. Yeah, Dennis. They need exoskeletons. So there's two companies competing for exoskeletons. And, of course, John Malkovich is is in there listening to these boring presentations. It's yep. like a PowerPoint presentation. And he goes, well, we need to know which one are we picking. So it winds up being the Air Force was picking one, Space Force was picking the other, and Malkovich gets the picks and he picks one. And then they go basically space flag. It's capture the flag. Right. And so it winds up being Space Force versus Air yeah. Force and it capture the Little flag. Military game. War games. War game, yeah. Yeah. And it's great. All of a sudden, they, they get their exoskeletons. Oh, here's what, okay, wait, hold on. Before we even get there, here's what cracked me up. Because they're, they're figuring, you know, this is all a simulation for if there's a war on the moon. Right. Basically. So, you know, the Space Force and the Air Force, you know, they're not, this is taking place in the desert. They're not suited up in spacesuits, but to kind of, Simulate it. They have like balloons, these black balloons on their chest and on their back. So if a balloon gets popped, you're basically dead. 
Yeah, because that's saying well, your space suit. You counts. get you get a hole in it. You get a and hole. then you have duct tape, and you have a few oh, X number of right. seconds X, to that's duct right. tape that's it. Right. So, and if your guns doesn't, and they're using these BB guns from like when we're to. kids, it's they're, awesome. They're using so touching on comic books because we talk about comics. If yep. you remember from the seventies and eighties. They had those Daisy air rifle <laughs> ads in the comics, and it was the dad and his son. It was get yourself a Daisy, and it was the pump air rifle. I had one as a kid, and you know you just had to keep pumping, pumping it up, and, and pumping, pumping it. it, and pumping it, and pumping it till it got really hard to pump, which means you got enough air in there to pop out the BB or the pellet. So that's what they're using as weapons in these war games. And then if that when that fails, if you need to call it hand-to-hand combat, they had special combat scissors, <laughs> which are a pair, little pair of scissors that you pull out and you can run up and pop them. Right, because the whole point is, like, like Dennis said, I did forget, if you pop one balloon, you're not automatically dead because you do have duct tape, so you can try and patch it really fast. But you got a certain number of seconds. Right, but... If you pop a bunch of balloons, yep. you're screwed. Yep. And then you're <laughs> off the battlefield. That's right. Yes. And so because they're exoskeletons, <clears throat> you you they're like, wow. Well, the Space Force gets theirs. Malkovich picked it. And they're like, wow, I can't even like hardly move. They're like the worst exoskeletons oh, ever. Yeah. They're cumbersome. They can barely stand up. It's awful. And they're like, well, if this is the best one and you got first pick, I can't wait to see how bad Air Forces is. And they look outside because the bay doors are open and there's the Air Force. And they're doing cartwheels and somersaults in there. They're doing they're flips. Doing, they're, they're running up the wall and flipping over backwards. They're like, what? Did you purposely pick the bad ones? And he's like, yeah, space isn't about war. So he purposely <laughs> he picked purposely the bad sabotaged ones. sabotaged Space Force. It was awesome. John Malkovich, that is, because he's, you know, he's. A, it's not about war, which, great attitude to have, but. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it was just classic. So that's, you know, that was, enough, that was one episode. Yeah, uh, so that was really good, and then and then they follow it up. So after that's over, all of a sudden India launches their version of the rocket, and they're like, "What? How did how did India look at the zoom in on it?" And he go, "Well, we we can't. Well, enhance." No, no, no. This isn't Star Trek. We 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 can't. Do it. <laughs> I know. It, Steve Carell <laughs> throwing out all these stupid orders. Enhance. Yes, zoom. Well, no, because John Malkovich said something like pulling tighter. Or get in closer right. or something. They, they, he could zoom in on the fin, but that's about all they right. can do. Right. And he goes, well, I could adjust the contrast if you want. <laughs> and they do, and they're like, those are our fins. We've got a spy in our midst. So, of course, it's instantly, who could be spying for them? And one of the scientists, she's from Sri Lanka, and she goes... I actually designed that over there. Well, we don't care about you. And right. just ignores her. And of course, the, the prime suspect is Chan because he yeah. looks he's Chinese. Asian. He's right. Asian. Therefore, he's on the same continent. Therefore, he must be a Chinese spy, even though they are with India, is who's launched it in the first place. So the entire episode goes through and it's, it's who gave them our classified information. It, it's interrogating people. And of course, John Malkovich. When Steve Carell says he wants to uh, interrogate Chan, who is John Malkovich's number two, John Malkovich is like, well, I want to, I want to interrogate Brad. 
Yes. <laughs> the one-star general who can't do anything right is Steve Carell's secretary. But he's got to, he's got to interrogate him because if you're going to interrogate my number two, I want to look into your number two. Yep. Yeah, so it winds up being a, a pretty decent episode, um, trying to figure it out. Then they find out in the end, there really wasn't, There, there's nowhere. They just developed it quicker than we did. And oh. throughout, one of the running gags throughout is getting tweets from POTUS. Oh, yes. <laughs> yes. There are POTUS tweets throughout this, and it's great. Now, you... you, you doesn't matter which way you lean in the real world. You have to take everything in this with a grain of salt. But it's funny. It, it, it is comedic. It's really good. The next episode is pretty cool because it's, you know, it's called Edison James, which is, you know, it's like Tesla. She's created this yeah. new. It's just a running gag. So she creates this new fuel, which is much cleaner, and they're forced to use it in their rockets. Yeah. And she is played by... I want to make sure I get it right so I don't screw it up. Caitlin Olson. Caitlin Olson from It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Yes. I love that show. It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. She is a standout uh, tangent here on It's It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. She's a standout. She's basically the, the lone female actress on the show because the other three guys, it's three other guys. And um, she's a fantastic actress. She was in a sitcom on Fox. Oh, I'm blanking on the name of it now. It, it only ran for, I'm going to tell you here in a second, because I enjoyed the heck out of it, but it only ran for a couple seasons. Uh, I don't remember which one on Fox. I know she was in Coyote Ugly. and Yeah, she was in Coyote Ugly. She was in The Heat. She's obviously known for It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. I want to find it because it was a fun... Oh, The Mick. That's right. Oh, I she haven't was, seen it. She was in a show on Fox called The Mick, which I thought was hysterical. She's a great actress. So, yeah, she plays uh, Edison James. <laughs> it, and it, it's a running gag through this whole thing because she created this special fuel. Private sector's better than government. And in the end, they wound up not using it at all because it doesn't work. And she goes, how much did you use? Because it actually launched. And they were surprised. None. <laughs> yeah, and she just sighed a huge sigh of relief. Yeah, it's a it's a funny episode. It's self-contained, basically. Well, what launched was the... Regular fuel. Oh, no, no, but the ship it launched was the ship getting the people to the moon, right? Uh, no, that was... I don't think that had launched yet. That was just a, a different just one. A t- a t- yeah, because they hadn't had their conjugal visit yet. Oh, that's right. That's yeah. Right. So the next episode is where they get the conjugal visit where he goes, um, Steve Carell goes to the prison to hook up with uh, um, Lisa Kudrow. Lisa Kudrow, and they get to talk it out. And she goes, Well, we need to have an open marriage because I'm stuck in here for 40 to 60 years. And he goes, No, 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 I'll wait. You know, I'm not that right. way. And it winds up being this really great thing. And he, you know, Actually does have a girl who he likes, yeah. but he would never do it because she works on base and she's an engineer. Right. Structural engineer. Right. And she's an, she's another popular actress as well, who is, we will tell you since we're dropping it like it's hot with all this knowledge. Of course, I should have this pulled up. Isn't it Kelly King? Yeah. Yeah. Kelly King is the actress. That's what I thought. 
She is fantastic. She's known for she's out of my league, life as we know it, bridesmaids. She's a she's a she's a great comedic actress as well. She plays Kelly King, who, like Dennis said, is an engineer on the show, fa- facilitating some other construction on the yep. base and whatnot. Yep. And you can kind of tell early on that there's a little something there, chemistry between Steve Carell and her. Uh, but they at least get the to they, they get to explore, they get to explore it now, it. which is really funny. And then they it's then we go into it's it's good to be back on the moon. So they launch and Captain Ali winds up being she's the the pilot. She winds up leading it. They wind up having to um, oh they they find out so they have a satellite image. Yeah, I was well, going to say, why do they have to get to the moon four years early, Dennis? They have to go early because the satellite that's in orbit now, they start taking pictures. <laughs> and they take a picture, and right where they're going to land in the Sea of Tranquility is what? A base already there by the Chinese. The Which Chinese nobody knew about. It. Nobody knew about it. So they're like, well, we need to launch four years early. So literally, they're like, all right, who are we going to get? Well, Captain Ali can be the pilot, and they've got some of the people in place, but right. they're like, well, we need an electrician. I think well, they only have, besides Captain Ali, one of the other scientists is going, and other than that, they basically just have to do a, a headhunting campaign. <laughs> right. You and they've know. got all these people, which are great because they've got people where they call up like the one guy who's going to be the head electrician. And he's like, hey, you were picked. He goes, well, great. We're ready. Well, we, we leave in a week. Oh, OK. Well, I guess we need to talk about pay then. And yeah. they're like, pay? What what pay? Yeah, I figured I need at least a million dollars. This is a government job. We don't have money for that. Whoa, 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 whoa. He goes, you're, be, you're going to be bettering mankind. No, I need at least a million dollars. So they wind up getting this huge yelling match. They're like, screw this. They hang up bottom. Yeah. It was great. Well, we need an electrician. Well, you remember that guy who Bob. said, Bob, who said, oh, by the way, yeah, I would agree with you for launching. Well, he's an electrician. So they send him up. Little do they know that he's got a criminal past. I know. <laughs> and it comes out in the news. It's great. But they launch. They get together they a group do. of people. They launch. They're on their way to the moon. So we're not going to spoil m- more of it. Let's just say they get to the moon. Hijinks ensue between them and the Chinese on the moon. They're trying to work out a thing. They, they talk to the Chinese government and their scientists are like, well, you're where we are. No, no, no. We here first. You go away. You yeah. know, and they're like, oh, so we need a proportionate response. They, you know, they, well, they need they a proportionate clicked. response, not because of the Chinese telling them to go away, but there's video footage of the Chinese in their moon rover. And what do they do? <laughs> they run over the American flag that was planted 50 years ago. Yes. And not only do they run it over, they back up over it and then they run it over again. <laughs> so. So there gets into this whole bluster about a proportionate response. Are we going to TP him? Are we going to spray paint him? We've got what lots of shaving do? cream up here. We can we can hit him with the shaving cream and the TP. So uh, we're not going to give away what they do. And if you think we gave away a lot, trust us. Out ten episodes, it's about it's probably six hours total. We didn't even touch the surface. Right. I'm going to say we, we gave our review uh, grades up front. So we both loved it. Yeah. Um, and we, we, we know there's going to be a season two. It's great. 
my my biggest complaint that I'm or criticism that I'm going to give is they've got an all star cast yeah. that fit the roles absolutely perfectly. Casting was great. There wasn't enough comedy. You've got some of the best comedic geniuses True. that were on there. I needed a little more LOLs throughout all of it, and and I think some of the writing could have been a, a, a bit better on the comedy side of it. It flowed pretty well. It was interesting. It kept your your you know it kept your interest in watching it. Oh yeah. But it could have done more. So I consider it a good start, a good season one, and it was definitely worth the watch. But we need more comedy for for season two in my my book. See, this is where I, I you know Dennis gave it a seven. I gave it an eight. I, I I don't know if I totally agree with that because I think if it gets too yeah, I think if they try and inject too much comedy into it, it really will come off as a joke, like. I thought there was enough comedy in it that you you got the sense that it was something that was trying to be taken seriously, and it, I don't know. I thought that I thought the balance was really well. Uh, my biggest thing was for season two. I really want to see the um, Joint Chiefs a lot more yes. because the casting for them was. Just fantastic. They stole the show whenever they yeah, were whenever in it together. Whenever they were in it together, they stole the show. I mean, like I said, there were scenes with Noah Emmerich without the other Joint Chiefs, and he was fantastic. And the thing I, I want to end on is, I've always liked Noah Emmerich ever since, uh, well, I've seen him in lots of things, but where I really saw him the most was in The American on FX. That show is a straight-up drama. Political intrigue took place in the 80s, so it was a period piece. He played a, the a lead FBI agent, just straight-laced. I thought he was fantastic. So when I saw him in this, playing a, a comedic role, it was just, once again, I just love seeing actors go from one extreme to the other. And Noah Emmerich does it so well. You know, Jane Lynch, I always think comedy. So seeing her in a comedy, it was fantastic because she's great at it, but not a stretch. Dietrich Bader, same thing. Patrick Warburton, you know, same thing. But Noah Emmerich and John Malkovich, who, when I hear those names, I think drama, dramatic roles, seeing them in a comedy is just such a treat to watch. Yep. So I, I would agree. It, you know, you got the time, sit down. My advice is I, I, I will give advice that I don't take, and that is watch one episode a week. Treat it like a weekly show so you spread it out over that 10 weeks because I, wa I started it Friday, I finished it on Sunday, and every time I binge a show, I go, I'm the next one, I'm going to space out at least every other day. Me, I'm And the I opposite. just can't do it. I love when Netflix drops them like God, this I wish and Netflix I can just would, power watch, I, watch it all. Mm, I wish Netflix would drop them weekly. I wish they would go, here's Space Force. Here's episode one on Friday, episode two, see you here next Friday. See, the issue with that is if there's a slow episode, like the first one caught me, right. second one was good, third one, or was third or fourth one was, I thought, a bit weak, and then if it was weekly, it might have lost me. This way I'm like, ah, 
the next one will be better. And I immediately watch it and go, oh, yeah, that was hilarious. So it caught me. But we know you all have different opinions. So I would say email us at the Dennis and Andy show at yahoo.com or Facebook us. But let us know after you've watched this what you what you thought of it. You know, kind of give it a rating, figure out what you guys thought. And, you know, and it'll be great to see what you guys all think of it. Cool. All right, guys. Till next time. Watch Space Force. Later. Until next week, grab your 3D glasses. Get your favorite comic books, roll them up, and put them in your back pocket the way you should treat comics. Throw your pigskin up on the mantle. This is Dennis. This is Andy. Later, Later friends. friends.